You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm your host, Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. We've got a mixed bag of topics this week with lots to talk about, as well as a new song by Jerry Vandiver and a new contest to talk about. So, Derek, what's new this week? Okay, Sean. Well, last week we uh, discussed your Brent run, and uh, your paddle partner, Mikey, there uh, asked me to join him for a a three-day whitewater canoe course. I'm pretty excited about this. I decided I'm going to try it out. In the past, I've uh, I've taken the uh, a five-day whitewater kayak course. That was probably back in 2003, and uh, it didn't really stick. I uh, dislocated a shoulder, and it just kind of I kind of lost interest in it. But over the last few years, I found that I'm doing a lot more river runs with uh, some uh, buddies at work and stuff. So. I found a little bit uh, often out of my element in the rougher sections of whitewater with a canoe, whereas I was used to the kayak. It just it some of the skills didn't fully translate. So it seems like a good idea that I'm gonna pull this one, put this one out, and uh, try it out for uh, for canoeing. Yeah, you know what? The you see a lot of the whitewater stuff, and that's something that just never never appealed to me. Um, I, I think. There's going to come a point where, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a whirl just to see, you know, what it's all about. But I think with me is, is the fact that I'm always carrying so much gear, uh, be it photo gear or, or uh, video gear and all that, that I've just sort of stayed away from the white water or any, anything fast moving. But um, you know what? I think maybe next couple of years I might uh, look into doing something like a, a weekend course uh, just to, you know, take an empty canoe sort of deal and, and, you know, have some fun because you, you look at some of the people that are doing the whitewater and, and they looks like they're having a blast, but you know what? I'm a flat water paddler. It's what I've always uh, enjoyed. And for now, I think that's where I'll stick. I've always been a flat water paddler too in the past uh, with canoeing, but I found recently that I guess in the last five years, there's a couple guys at work that have gotten me out and, and, uh, they kind of aim for the, some of the tougher whitewater sections and uh, so I was nervous at first, but, you know, being a guy, I just kind of dumbly closed my eyes and let's go. But uh, now I find that uh, they're trying to get me on some more challenging runs up in Quebec and stuff like that. So I figure I figured I better beef up my skills. And I've been looking forward to trying out a, a course like this. Uh, the kayak course that I took was at um, MKC, Madawaska Canoe Center in Barrys Bay, Ontario. I'm going to be doing the canoe course at the same place. This is a full-fledged seven-day week operation. They do weekend uh, courses for kayaks, canoes, as well as five-day Monday through Friday courses for canoes and kayak. As well, they also run the uh, the Owl, the Ottawa Whitewater Rafting. It's called Owl. It's on the Ottawa River. So they do that as well. So I'm looking forward to uh, to trying out their facilities again and uh, seeing if I can get some proper whitewater canoeing skills under my belt. You know what? If you're looking to do stuff up northern Ontario, northern Canada, and in the Northwest Territories, you're definitely going to uh, need some whitewater skills. Uh, you look at the people, I mean, the Nahani. Nahani is, is a, becoming quite the popular place over the last few years. And yeah, you need the whitewater skills for a lot of that. Um, but, you know, if, if you're looking to head north into Quebec and, and stuff, and yeah, you know what? If, if you want to avoid some of the, the portaging and everything that goes with, then you get the whitewater skills in there and you get the proper gear and, and uh, you can uh, have some fun. Well, I am looking forward to it, and uh, like some of these, some of these rivers in Quebec, they're some of them are a little bit tougher than others. But uh, I'm always going to avoid the the harder white waters. I'm kind of getting old now, so it's not something I'm that much into. But I look forward to the smaller, and you know, the easier class three runs and stuff like that. Something that's not too challenging, but it's still fun, and uh, I get something out of it. You don't think you're going to become a whitewater addict? No, I don't think so. It didn't stick when I uh, in 2003 when I took my whitewater kayaking course. I don't think the uh, it's going to. I'm never going to do the tough stuff. Well, what happens if the uh, guys you're going with all of a sudden want to start doing all of this? <laughs> well, I, I I would probably be talked into it, but uh, I would definitely have to do a lot of walking and checking out of the rapids. You always sight them out, anyways. You never go in blind, and uh, so I guess depending on how tough it looks, I I guess it would be doable. <laughs> so Madawaska Canoe Center, what are what are they offering on this course? Uh, it's a basic introductory course. 
Uh, so the kayak course and the canoe courses are give you your basic introductory whitewater courses to enable you to safely uh, scope out a whitewater run, gauge the class level and determine the correct paths and and entries and exit points. So they, they give you all the introductory stuff so that you can safely do the whitewater run. Uh, what fortunately what what they have at MKC is uh, Ontario Power Generation OPG. They have a uh, headwater dam there, and since uh, the early 70s, they've had an agreement with OPG for releasing the water. So they the water begins to get released at about 9 a.m. and they shut the water off at about three or four in the afternoon. So you have a controlled environment and like I've walked down to the river in the evening before and you can see just a burbling stream. But during the day, it's full on class two and three uh, whitewater. It's uh, they have huge buses and they have uh, the buses is where the large roller goes over a rock and it just kind of rolls back on itself. We call them buses. And it's uh, it's very it's a big difference between uh, the uh, day running of the water and the, and the nighttime run of the water. But they give you all the skills and present to you all the skills to enable you to safely attack these whitewater runs. Now, do they supply all the gear or do you got to bring your own stuff? Uh, generally, you can you can either bring everything you want or they can supply it all. Like you can you can rent everything. You can just go there with the shirt on your back and they'll supply you everything, including the skills. Or you can go there fully, fully fledged and, you know, if you're just uh, looking to... Like some people will go there and want to upgrade their skills. They, you know, are going to be going on a challenging, you know, multi-day trip. So they, they want to get ready, you know, do some spring runs, prepare, learn some new skills, beef up on some old skills. So it's, it's really multidisciplinary and, and they do, you know, they can provide with whatever you need. They also have, uh, they have gourmet cooking on site, so if you want to do a meal plan, they'll feed you throughout the week. As well, you can uh, stay either in their dorm or their lodges or their chalets, or you can camp on site. They have uh, car camping sites there as well. And in the evenings, if when you know as the summer gets days that get longer in the summer, they also have a lot of trails for hiking and biking and and whatnot. You can't do any white water during the evening hours because they do shut the water off after about three o'clock i believe it is but uh, <laughs> they shut the water off. <laughs> well they do they shut the water off it's it's really strange to see it happen like you go down there and you see the no huge paddling water. for you <laughs> exactly but it is it is strange it takes a little bit getting used to to walk down to the river in the evening after supper and see oh the water's gone <laughs> but yeah it's it's an amazing location madawaska madawaska canoe center but it's uh i'm looking forward to uh going there again this time it's just going to be a three-day weekend weekend course in the past, I've done the five-day kayak course. So it's going to be interesting to see the difference in skills. And like I said, I have done some whitewater canoeing, but I kind of attacked it not really knowing what I was doing. And I tended to be the bow paddler and the, the stern paddler is the guy that does all the steering. Bow guy is just the motor. So it uh, it is it is a new skill. And with a kayak, you're just alone. Some people go alone in the canoes too. But it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out. I'll be doing that early June just ripe time for all the bugs and cold water and whatnot but uh i think it's going to be fun and challenging well i've just taken a peek at the website here while we're chatting and uh yeah they do the kayaks they do the canoes uh they do the five-day whitewater canoe program and kayak program it looks like they they have both the same courses for kayaks and canoes um just which i guess whichever you prefer yeah it's all um, the same course yeah it's just the which, which type of boat you're in um but uh, yeah whether you're doing solo or tandem in the canoe they also have a woman's open canoe retreat week in the at the end of june to beginning of july which uh there seems to be a lot more things geared towards women now that you know get them out of the house as it were and you know uh get out and enjoy yourself get get back to nature and you know it's it's something that women can do as well right and to go along with that, they've also got the family canoeing. Um, you know, with the with the they would got the rafting, the family rafting trips down the Ottawa River and and all through and whatnot. That's what you're used to. But uh, they've also got these family weekends that they get the whole family involved in all of this, which is pretty cool. It is uh, they like you said, they're they're gearing towards women, and it's understandably so if you read the website and you understand the uh, the people who run the facility. 
It uh, they started in the early '70s, and the original parents are from Germany, and they came over, immigrated to Canada, and they they're they're world class paddlers. Their kids turned out to be world class paddlers who took over the facility in 1988, and now. The current owners, the the daughter and her husband, they have two girls who are also themselves world-class paddlers. But when you have full-time access to a facility like this, you can understand how these girls have all built up their skills to become world-class paddlers. Well, definitely. And, you know, it, <clears throat> it, it's something that, um, I mean, you see from, when you look at the history of Algonquin Park where we paddle a lot, you see, there there are some women that were back in the you know back in the day in the history of the park and all that, but it, it tended to be like ninety eight percent men. Yes. So it's nice to see that you know I mean this is two thousand sixteen that the women are out there just as much and enjoying it. Exactly. Exactly. It's 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 wrong to think of it as a man's sport. It's it's a uh, it's everybody's sport. It is these days. Everybody can get out there and and look after it. You know, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean. Doing the kayaking, the canoe, the white water. Now, are you thinking of any trips already? Uh, no, I'm not planning thinking of any major trips. Uh, they're th- the the guys that I go with the, every fall. Like, of course, I think we're going to be doing a Quebec trip this year. But uh, generally, it's just going to be some small, easy lake and and river trips in Algonquin. With uh, I have a two and a half year old and a five and a half year old, so we're not going to do anything too exciting right off the bat. But we're going to get out there in late June. And probably September for a couple of weeks each time to to start introducing the kids to the water, but nothing white water yet. Not for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> what about for you? <laughs> but for well, for me, I'm just going to do this course, and then it'll be probably the the Quebec trip in. Uh, I think we'll probably do it in late September, early August. Wow, just one trip, eh? Just take, one trip. That's take it. the white water, use it once. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, uh, we, we, I'm just starting to get back into paddling a lot lately because of work and stuff, but uh, it's it, everything comes in stages and uh, we'll we'll have to see uh, who I can find to do some whitewater trips with. Uh, with Mikey, if we take the course together, I'm sure we're going to meet up a couple times and uh, do a few runs, local and remote. So oh, I'm sure he would love to take one of his cedar strippers out. Yes. <laughs> I already <laughs> talked to him about that. I don't think he'll take that anywhere on, on any rivers. <laughs> I'm surprised he actually takes those out some days, you know, because yeah. there might be rocks. Well, th- those, his canoes, they're works of art. <laughs> oh, they are. They definitely are. I mean, I, we've, I've been in them and uh, there's a couple places, yeah, I wouldn't even even take them. But now you, you got to look at a new canoe then maybe for something to deal with the white water. In the past, what we've done is uh, we've uh, taken our own Kevlar canoes down these rivers. And uh, my buddy Pierre, he's uh, he's patched quite a few holes. His his canoe, his Kevlar canoes are getting pretty ugly. He's uh, we've busted through quite a few times and and taped them up and kept going. But uh, it's it's just one of those things. It's like if it's if it's a uh, five day trip and you're gonna see white water just for a little bit of it, then you're not too worried. But uh, with with the Kevlar and if the you know the water the class of water isn't too great then it's it's fine right you just got to prepare to fix up the boat but so far we've only done two trips that we've actually rented a uh, Royal X canoe for the whitewater tripping Royal X is the ideal way to go down a river I'm not sure of new technologies but uh, with the Royal X you don't stick on the rocks and you can bang into stuff without doing any damage. Yeah, and you just got to make sure if you are doing a trip, you might want to be investing in some uh, some bags to uh, keep your gear waterproof. Yes, I've got uh, I get bear barrels, and they're perfect for dropping into the into the river and catching downstream somewheres. So you know, if you have to bail out or whatever, we've done that a few times. You know, everything's in dry bags, and you collect everything up in the eddies downstream. So it's just one of those things you get used to. Yeah. Well, you know what? I got to say right now, it's not for me. It's interesting. I'll be. Uh, Definitely looking forward to seeing you guys do your thing, but, uh, you know, hope you enjoy it and, you know, keep us informed. Let us know what happens. Absolutely. I'm definitely looking forward to it. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. 
Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio, whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. So while you are up doing your whitewater training at the Madawaska Canoe uh, place there, yes, um, I've been given the go-ahead to start shopping for a new canoe. Oh, a new canoe year. It is. Our old one, uh, man, that thing's 20 some odd years old now. Yes, but how many canoes do you have? I just have the two. I have the, oh, yeah. the, the one for the family, you know, the big tandem. And then I've got a, a Swift Osprey solo canoe. Which I really enjoy because I just get out there by myself and I do my trips and um, yeah, a lot of the times when when other people are going, they always want to take their canoe, so I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, you know, we'll uh, we'll tandem up with somebody that way. But uh, yeah, no, I've got just the I just got the two right now. I have two as well. I've got uh, the one that I mainly use uh, all the time is uh, is I just have a 14 foot Kevlar and it it does good. I take. Uh, the wife of the two kids out. We do uh, trips into the into the backcountry and stuff like that. And my other canoe is a cedar, is a canvas over cedar stripper. It's a 1954 Peterborough canoe, but that's a classic. I don't take that out in the water anymore. It's I'm looking at getting it rebuilt. Yeah, you got to keep care of those things. They take a, you know, they'll last. I mean, you say it's from the 50s. You know, they definitely last. Yeah, you just got to yeah. keep care of them and do the maintenance and stuff like that, especially on the wood. Mm-hmm. When things start rotting, you can't let it uh, can't let it go. No, exactly. So what kind of things have you, are you looking at for a new canoe? Well, I've been doing a lot of sh- uh, shopping around. And for anybody that's uh, not um, gone out canoe shopping before, if they've just, you know, I mean, a lot of my buddies did that. They just see something on the side of the road or saw an ad because they wanted a canoe. They just zipped out and said, yeah, I got 200 bucks and that's what you're asking. Mm-hmm. Boom. They take their $200 canoe off somebody's hands and that's what they've got. No no shopping. But when you're looking for a brand new canoe, there's a lot of things that you have to look at. And I mean, there's, there's the big companies out there. Like I've, I've been going through the Swift Canoe and Kayak, H2O Canoe Company, Nova Craft, Winona. You know, there's a lot of big name companies out there that, that have their own models and their own designs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, sort of their own take on a design. So they all might have a prospector, but they all might have a little differing designs of seat positions and and tumble home and the rocker and stuff like that for for their specific designs no exactly and uh you you gotta find something i mean there's all the technical details that you have to look at when it comes to picking a canoe but at the end of the day it's also got to be pleasing to your eye and you know the budget the color the the how it looks and you know yeah there's more to it than just the the, the technical bits. For me, it always comes down to the big three is <clears throat> it's cost, it's weight, and how does it look? And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff. You can find the happy medium amongst amongst all the other particulars when you're looking at a design. But I always go with the big three first. Yeah. And so if you're, if you're going out to buy a new canoe, there's things that you need to consider. Like, first off, what kind of paddling are you going to do? Is it just general recreation? You know, like you're, you're going out around the neighborhood sort of deal. You know, there's, there's a lake or a pond down the road. Or it's for your cottage and you just want something to paddle around the lake. Yeah, something that's stable. Something you could stand up in or whatever, play around in, do bird watching, some, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, if you're going to do some photos and, and whatnot. But then there, if you're going to do some flat water touring, um, there's another, you know, or if you're going to be doing river touring or, or white water um, rapids, that sort of, sort of stuff, then you need to choose a canoe that will be practical for, for what you're going to use it for. If you're buying a canoe to do trips, then you need to think about what kind of trips you're going to do. Is it just day trips? Are you doing little weekend, you know, camping trips and overnight or somewhere? You're not going too far. Long trips, tons of gear. Yeah, if you're doing a long a long portage uh, trip somewhere and you're, you know, going for a week or something like that. Again, it, it 
that will definitely define the type of canoe you get. The problem with buying a canoe is that there is no one canoe that does it all. Does everything. Yes. You 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 you're kind of stuck. You know, I mean, unless you you know you're rolling in the money and you can buy a <laughs> yeah. canoe to do this and a canoe to do that. Yeah, you got eight canoes in your backyard. You've got to figure out what you what you are going to do the most with this canoe, and then you've got to buy and shop accordingly um, to that. So there's different types of canoes. Well, let me ask this first. What, yeah. W- the one that you're replacing. Yep. Is it, it what is it? Is a recreational? Is it a multi-purpose? What you are you specifically looking to replace it for like for like? Or are you looking for something completely new? The one I got was more of a recreation, recreational type canoe. Um, more people would use it for a cottage canoe, that sort of thing. Because I didn't get it to go canoe tripping. When we bought it, um, <laughs> actually, I wanted a big Ranger bass boat. I think I've said it before. I got into canoeing by accident uh, or by, you know, uh, lifestyle. Necessity. Because, you know, you start looking at the big bass boats and you're thinking, ooh, look at that. I'm going to get this and I'm going to get that. And then you start looking at the prices and you're going, hey, I can afford a wheel (laughs) off the trailer. (laughs) So, you know, we worked our way down from the big bass boat down to... You know, like a aluminum boat with a 9.9 mercury on the back um, to a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite the drop. And, uh, you know, uh, it, so we got this this canoe that would do us around a lake to go go uh, uh, fishing in. And, and, you know, nothing nothing big. We could go drop it in a lake somewhere, you know, park at the side of the road, drop it in a river, do a nice lazy paddle. This is before we had kids and dogs and all that sort of stuff. So that's what it was for. And it's fiberglass and it's heavy. And I think it's like 80 pounds or something like that. It was never bought to be a canoe tripping canoe. Yeah, so it's not ideal. However, I decided I'm going to try canoe tripping a few places. And I started taking that thing through the bush and yeah, there's days where I'm just like, you know what? We called it the big green beast because it is. <laughs> it's a big green beast. It holds so much gear though. Like, I mean, you could weigh this thing down and, and oh man, the stuff you could carry in this thing. But when we were going, I, I remember one portage, we were coming out and um, of course we had, I was carrying people's gear. So everybody would you know, we, they do a couple trips with gear. And then one of the guys said, you know what? I'll take your canoe down the portage this time. And it was only about a 500 meter portage. And he gets to the end and he looked at me and he's like, why do you take this thing? Like, this is ridiculous. There's, there's lighter canoes because I am never carrying your canoe again. And that's always been my thing is, is no, I'll carry my own canoe. Trust me, take the gear. <laughs> you don't want to haul this thing. And, uh, so now that I'm right into it, and that's why I got the solo canoe is the Osprey is only what, 34 pounds, you mm-hmm. know? So, but it's a solo canoe. So I throw, I've got enough room in there for my gear and a little bit of extra. And I go off on my own merry way and have a great time. And now that, you know, the kids are heading to university and college and all that sort of stuff. And my wife and I can go out and do stuff. And yeah, we're getting a bit older and I don't want to be carrying a, 80 pound canoe. No, no, you want something lighter. Yeah. So that's why we're looking. And I mean, if you go through, you know, the romantic area, era, as I call it, in canoeing, it's always the prospector. And there's always been something about a prospector canoe. It's that traditional design. It is, you know, and it, yeah, there's traditional design, the look of it, I've always liked it. So, you know, that's that's sort of what we're, we're aiming for is, is to replace the recreational canoe we have with something, you know, uh, more versatile. And, you know, they talk about the, the multi-purpose canoes, which I think the prospector would definitely fit into. Yeah. Um, something that's, uh, you know, increased capacity. It's, uh, got fairly good maneuverability. Yeah. And you know what? It's a high volume tripping canoe. Yes. So you can load a bunch of stuff into there and you can go out for a week or, you know what? I've paddled them solo before, mm-hmm. you know, you can, so you can do that as well. So it's very versatile. You can... You can take it across lakes. You can take it down rivers. 
Yeah, uh, not, you know, I wouldn't do anything class, any high class water, but uh, yeah, it would be great for river tripping because they are maneuverable. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think that's, I think that's the direction we're going to go. Um, but while you're shopping for all this stuff, you know, you, you you narrow it down to a few models that you want. And I mean, you go to the, for instance, the the Swift Canoe and Kayak site, and I mean, they got prospectors in 15, 16, 17 foot lengths. They got their Kuwaitans in 16s and 17s. Um, you know, all these different models they've got in different different lengths. The size is going to make a difference because you want to know how much you're going to carry. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. you don't want something too small or you're just not carrying what you want. And even uh, with, if you, even as maneuverable as they are, once you get over 17 feet, you're going to have trouble on some slower, narrow rivers or, or creeks, right? So you have yeah. to be careful of that. Yeah, you want, and, and I mean, even if you go to some sites and you start doing the, like some websites and you start doing your your research, they say canoes in the 16, 17 foot range are amongst the most popular. Mm-hmm. Um, the shorter the canoe, you can get in little spots and stuff like that, and they weigh less and more maneuverable. Um, the longer canoes, you know, they're faster or, you know, they're well, more prone to wind and that sort of yes. stuff. But So it all, it all, again, comes down to what you're going to use it for. Uh, then besides the length, you got to worry about the width, you know, the beam of the boat. And the um, beam helps with stability. So it is good that way. Yeah. More it, gear, more stability. Uh, they're, they tend to be a little bit more tough to get up to speed. Once you're at speed, they're not so bad. Yeah. And you don't want something that's too tippy that if you're taking somebody out for the first time or they're not as experienced that they're constantly, you know, rocking side to side thinking they're going over. Yeah. So a wide boat is good in that situation. Yeah. Um, then you got to look at the depth of the boat, how much, uh, you know, freeboard, yeah. the freeboard and yeah. all, and all that sort of stuff. Cause you don't want water coming in. Exactly. Once you're loaded up with like a couple hundred pounds of gear or whatever, you don't want to be getting a few waves lapping over the edges. The freeboard helps. Unfortunately, the more freeboard you have, it protects you from getting swamped by waves, but you're also fighting wind, side winds and stuff more often. It's a little bit, you work more for steerability and stuff. Yeah. And again, this goes back to the, there's no one perfect canoe for exactly. everything. You're, you got it. There's pros for every pro you look at. There's just <laughs> exactly. as many cons. Yeah. And you know, it ends up, it may end up being a, a, a coin toss at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the initial stability you got to deal with. And then the, you know, the secondary stability you got to deal with, you know, the hull shape of the canoe and that definitely, you know, flat bottoms are great for initial stability. Um, they're perfect for flat water paddling and general canoeing. Uh, they tend to turn really easy, but they're really slow when you, when you load them up. Mm -hmm. Canoes rounded bottoms, they provide little initial stability, uh, but excellent secondary stability, which is, you know, that's sort of where, where I'm, I'm looking at there is, uh, I don't, I can get by without the initial, but the secondary, I tend to, to enjoy a lot, a lot more. My cams over Cedar Strip Canoe, it's, uh, it doesn't have a lot of initial stability. It, that sucker's round on the bottom, right? And uh, so first time I used it, it was like, it, it was just so shaky. And so I was, I was thinking, do, do I not know how to paddle a canoe? But it, it's one of the things, I don't know about the designs from the 50s, but it, it's a nice looking canoe. But again, the rounded bottoms, they failed at the initial stability, but they have better secondary stability. So when you're solo canoeing, you get you tipped over uh, a little bit and paddling on one side. It's 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 really good. Yeah, and you know, I mean, there's a lot of technology and stuff that's gone in into canoes and designs since you know the 40s, 50s. Oh yes, and, the design technology back. is so advanced. Yeah, I mean, the big thing that I find though is is the rocker. I mean, that's what you're. If you look at the side profile of a canoe. Now, the rocker is the amount of upward curve in the hull of the boat yeah, from end to, to end, right? Yeah, yeah stem to stern. Um, and as, as, as it's been told before is if you look at the rockers on a rocking chair. Yes. Right? It's, it's same Good same example. sort of thing. And you really can tell the difference between boats just by looking from the side. I mean, you look at the top and, you know, you go to the sites and they show the top and the sides. And you throw the sides views up. And they're so different it between... It becomes very apparent. Very. And were you going to see 
from my experience where you can see a lot of rocker in a canoe is like any uh, whitewater and uh, strong river tripping canoes are going to have a lot of rocker because you need that maneuverability to rapidly turn midstream to avoid rocks and sweepers and, and stuff like that. Whereas with normal tripping and prospectors and stuff, they have a less rocker. Anything with less rocker is going to track more straight and stay straight, but it's going to be less maneuverable. It's just have to fight that little bit more to, to make a, a quick turn in, in rivers or fast water. Yeah, but I mean, if you're touring, chances are you're cruising across a big lake and exactly. you want that so nice straight tracking. You don't, and... you're not looking for rocker that No, case. no. So, and then you get the entry line and stuff like that, you know, like where it cuts through the water, you want a nice slice and it gets into all the scientific stuff about that. Yeah, and that's and... just for ease of paddling, yeah. for getting up, getting it up to speed and stuff. Yeah. So then the next thing you got to think about is the materials. And they, you know, back in the day, it used to be wood. Uh, even farther back in the day, it used to be birch bark and just a hollowed out tree. So, you know, they got the, the lightweight Kevlar f- uh, fusion, the carbon f- fibers, the, uh, well, they had Royal X, but that's not around anymore. Now they've got the tough stuff. Yes. Uh, we've seen Enegra blend. Um, so, yeah, all these different materials are now coming out. Everything to make it lighter and stronger. And, but again, just because it's lighter doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be stronger. Yes. So if you get a nice lightweight canoe, chances are you're not going to be wanting to bop that down a river, uh, no. a whitewater river. Yeah. Because you you're wrapping a around a rock. And you're, you're, you want to avoid Kevlars for like whitewater. That's where they, the old Royal X would say don't have anymore. And they've moved on to the new tough stuff with the Negra blend. Those are. They're lightweight. They're, it seems to find a happy medium, and it's for good for river canoes. And that's what you're going to find on all modern river canoes is this, what they call stuff stuff. And I don't know much about it. It's new out in the last two years or so. So it's I'm still learning about that myself. But, and, but again, I haven't really bothered because I'm not looking for a river canoe. I would just rent one when I do whitewater. Yeah, and I mean, it comes between a balance of weight and strength. Mm-hmm. You know, the lighter the weight, the easier the canoes transport and maneuver. The more durable the boat, the heavier it is. Yes. Right? So, unfortunately, again, there's that pro-con thing. You got to sort of pick and choose, and hopefully you choose right. Because there's nothing like choosing the wrong canoe and then find out, you know, yes. you're not going to buy a cottage. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're going to become a canoe tripper. I think most people are going to lean, if they have the money, they're going to lean towards the Kevlar-type uh, Kevlar, uh, canoes, right? Yeah. But that's that's where the, it comes down to money over efficiency, and and some people just can't afford the the Kevlar's, and if they don't want the weight, they, if they want to avoid the fiberglasses, it's the the new tough stuff Negra blend seems to be somewhat of happy medium, but it's still an expensive canoe. Yeah, when we got our 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 original canoe, it cost it was just under a thousand dollars, and that included paddles and life jackets. Um, but now you're looking at some of these canoes and you're talking $3,000 and up, Yes. you know, for a nice lightweight, you know, Kevlar fusion, wood trim, you know, nice seats, the whole meal deal, you know, and yeah, it, it can get quite pricey. Yeah. Once you see 3,500 bucks for a canoe, you're thinking, well, where's the motor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where's the chir- the Sherpas to paddle it exactly. for me? Exactly. <laughs> so, I, I mean, and yeah, I mean, once, after you get your... You know, the type you want, the research and the material stuff. that you want, you get into the colors you want. How many seats do you want? Yeah, for me, you know, I'd be looking for three seater just because of the two kids that I have, they're very young. Yeah, and for me, three seats would just get in the way. Yes. So I, I want nothing more than two. And like I say, I've already got a solo, which is one. So I'm sort of got, yeah, I'm looking for a tandem canoe, you know, so I, my wife and I can start going out and doing some tripping together and stuff like that. Um, the thwarts and, and the gunnels, you know, do you want wood? Do you want fiberglass? Mm-hmm. Do you want aluminum? Do you want carbon fiber? There, there's all those that you can check as well. Now, I mean, wood looks fantastic. It looks beautiful, but it's more maintenance. maintenance and, and for stuff. me, I'm inherently lazy. I, when I last canoe I bought, I made sure it had aluminum because I know that I'm not going to maintain the wood, right? I, I would just, it would just be something that's going to rot away on me. So I would have to get the aluminum myself. Yeah, I mean, I've got the the wood on my Osprey, and yeah, every summer I've got to go out there and give it a little bit of a light sanding and, uh, you know, a bit of a, a covering and whatnot just to make it look good and protect it. And yeah, it, it's definitely something you do on a nice sunny day before paddling mm-hmm. season really takes off and before you put it away for the summer or the winter, I should say. It's and also one of those things you always forget about until that first day of the trip. It's like, oh, I was supposed to varnish this. Yeah, and... um <laughs> Yeah, so you know what? 
we'll uh so what what tell me right now what what have you decided on what have you narrowed your choice down to i think i'm gonna go and see if i can take a prospector 16 for a test drive and that's one thing if you, if you can do that whittle it down to a couple and go to a place that will allow you to test drive the canoes because if you can do that then that's just a bonus. You Most know, reputable canoe sales locations do allow test runs. Yeah. So that's what I'll do. I think I think I'm looking at it's either the Kuwaitan sixteen or the Prospector sixteen from Swift. Which a multi purpose tripping high capacity. Yeah. And that's where I'm sitting right now. Um Novacraft, there's a couple of others that are I'm looking at as well. I think those are the, the two companies I've gone towards right now. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, and uh, we'll let you know what uh, what the new canoe well, good comes luck home in, as. Good luck in your choices. I look forward to paddling it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. So it was uh, brought to my attention, the a new, a new website, uh, Barry Bridgeford of algonquinadventures.com, a forum for a bunch of people that love to you know, Paddle and Camp in Algonquin Park. He gave me a shout and he said, ask me if I'd seen this um, new website. It's by one of the members of, of Algonquin Adventures, somebody that posts there a lot and whatnot. But it's called kayakcamper.com. And now when you're out in Algonquin or the backcountry and you're canoe tripping, you don't usually see kayaks. But the gentleman that has started up his own website here has taken this, uh, I guess he's, he's got a kayak and he enjoys backcountry camping. And he started up a website now, kayakcamper.com, uh, and it's about his backcountry trips with his kayak, which is something you just don't see. I've only seen it a few times myself. I, I, I think I can recall twice. Uh, I met... Well, one group at a portage and met another group midway through a portage. It was the same year. It was back in, I think, 2004, 2005. And, it, and like you say, it's it's very rare to see it. And uh, the guys that I saw going at it, they were they looked fairly new at it. And they were, each of them had a, one, one guy had the two bows of the two kayaks. And the other guy had the two sterns of the two kayaks with backpacks on. And uh one of the things that I've always wondered about is there must be a more efficient way. And I've always wondered about the packing and is there a way to put a yoke on these things? Well, he's actually, he's, he's got a video. Uh, he's spent, he says the last eight years designing different types of yokes for use with his kayak. And he's thinks he's come up with the perfect one. Now, if you go to his website, he's got, um, these videos up there and he's got one specific heading called the kayak yoke. And on that page, he shows you the yoke that he's built. And he's got uh, videos where you can go and see how he's made it. Um, and there's actually a, a really good video I, I've, I, I enjoyed. was He shows unpacking uh, his, his kayak, putting the yoke on, loading up for a portage, and then he shows himself, you know, portaging, but, you know, fast speed, because as he says, you know, watching me walk is exciting. And then when he gets to the other end, he shows uh, how he unpacks the kayak, he unpacks his, his pack and stuffs everything back in and off he goes back onto the next lake. I myself don't know that I would want to do that. Just it, it time consuming. But if you're not in a hurry, um, you know, you, you have to watch the video. You have to go to kayaker, sorry, kayakcamper.com and check it out, uh, just to see how he does it. You know, it's, it's not like a canoe where you just, you know, take your pack off, throw it on your back or, you know, take your pack out of, out of the canoe, throw it on your back, throw the canoe on your shoulders and off you go. This takes a little bit more to get down the, um, down the, uh, down the portage. 
Yeah, you once when you mentioned this website to me, I was I've been perusing over the last couple of days, and uh, I, f- I found it uh, I found it very interesting. And I've always tried to think out through the logistics of packing for a kayak trip, and it's always been very apparent to me that you have to be very efficient. And in watching his video, it, he he does look very practiced. He's very experienced at it, and he's he's got it down to a science. And of course, it looks like he's uh, he's got a min- he's a very minimalist when it comes to tripping. It's uh, very small packages, very small dry bags. And uh, and what I found very interesting is the uh, is the yoke that he's built. I've always wondered about how to build or find a proper yoke to get your head out of the hole of the kayak so you can properly carry it and still see where you're going. Uh, the few times when I lived out west and I've uh, I've carried or portaged a kayak, it's uh, your head's always inside the hole. It's always easier to, for two people to carry it and whatever from the car to the lake and stuff. But he's he's doing it very efficiently over portage with all of his gear in a backpack and he can see everything where he's going it's 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 a very neat design it's uh, it's it's sturdy it's stable and it keeps his head out of the hole of the kayak it's uh, it's a very neat design i like it and uh, it kind of makes me uh yearn again for my west coast days when i was into sea kayaking and stuff i'd, I'd very much like to uh i think i'm going to try and get back into it again and uh, do a couple trips and, and see how something like this would go for me. Well, if you're into it, you know, want to know more about it there. He's got a section called gear. And what he does in this section is he tells you the gear he's using and uh, where he, he puts it on his, his portage and when he's uh, kayaking, um, when he's out on the water. And, you know, it's it's really neat to see like where he puts his tent his compression sacks his uh, pfd you know i mean it's very clearly laid out the way he he organizes his gear and when you read his descriptions for his his dry sacks and for his camping and packing of his food and packing the kayak he's he he's very clear in his writing and his descriptions it's a it's a very good and educational website it's uh, it's very impressive how the clarity of his writing for his descriptions yeah, and like I say, it's not something you see every day when you're out on on the water as a, a kayak coming across a portage, uh, and definitely not with gear and, and everything else going multiple lakes in. Uh, as He's got a couple of trip logs there where that's exactly what he's done. He's gone, you know, lakes and lakes and lakes and, uh, you know, a lot of portaging and stuff. And uh, I, think, I think this is a site I'm going to keep an eye on, and uh, I think we'll definitely have to, to catch up with him, do some some research maybe catch up with him and get him on the show and yeah, discuss maybe we this. can ask him a few questions yeah maybe one or two because you know that's what we do <laughs> <laughs> so yeah for you know if, you, if you're into kayaking and you're into the camping and you're into the canoe tripping and you want to give something else a whirl, a whirl go check out kayakcamper.com and it, like i say it's a new website it's, it's only been up a couple of days and uh, I'm sure it'll change a bit as he goes along. But from what I've seen, pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting thing. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors, 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. Well, you've been listening to our show. You've definitely heard a few songs that we've played. And they are by a fella named Jerry Vandiver out of Nashville. Now, Jerry is a, a canoe tripper, and he even comes up to Canada and hits some spots up here. To, he, he enjoys canoe tripping in the Canadian wilderness, as well as throughout the States. And he's got himself a few paddling CDs that he's put out. You can go to iTunes and, and check him out and some of his songs and, you know, support him and buy a couple of his albums, or all of them. And... He's recently released a new CD called Mixed Dry Bag. Now, if you were at Canucopia this month, then you would have heard um, and seen him perform a couple of his songs live. And uh, we're going to play one today, and it's called That's What Winter Is For. Just because of what we've been talking over the last couple of weeks, getting ready for spring and, and the canoe season and all that. So here's That's What Winter Is For by Jerry Vandiver.
When the temperature's falling and the fireplace is calling, there's no need to sit and mope around or spend all your time pacing and whining, watching the snow come down. Well, I don't know about you, but I've got so much to do like pull out the maps plan a new route bet on the day the ice goes out air out the tent on the guest room door spread all the gear on the living room floor there's so much to do before you hit the shore that's what winter is for feels glacial and seems like it's never gonna end but it all has a purpose getting ready for the first day you're back on the water again no there is no time to rest when you've got such a long list like lace up the boots Tie a new fly, watch Jeremiah Johnson for the 50th time Wear out the camp, more catalog Order more bungee dealy bars There's so much to do before you hit the shore That's what winter is for Get off of your duck, stay out of the kitchen Time to get tough no more listen just patch up the pads pull out the socks inventory the tackle box point out the difference between a paddle and an oar argue with a stranger on a bulletin board there's so much to do before you hit the shore Cause that's what winter is sure Okay, so we've managed to get our hands on more of Jeff's maps of the Tomogamy region. And we were looking at giving, having another giveaway for the maps. Sean, what were you thinking that we should do this time to get people to participate? I'm thinking we do something along the lines of a photo contest. But a photo contest that has to include your mode of transportation being stand-up paddleboard, kayak, or a canoe. Yeah, I think that we should, uh, uh, I have a few favorites that I have taken over the years. Uh, we should, uh, yeah, it gets people to ship something our way by, by email and we can, we can either post them or we can judge them and see who has the, we'll pick a favorite and post the favorite. Yeah. You, you know what? Maybe what we'll do is we'll, we'll get the favorite and we'll send them these maps as a, as a prize. And we can also post, um, maybe take the top three. And we'll rotate them as the, um, the backdrop screen the backdrop yeah. or something like that on our, our Facebook page. That's a great idea. Of course it is. It was mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. So uh, at the bottom of paddlingadventuresradio.com, we have a link for contact us, send us an email. So go to paddlingadventuresradio.com, click the link, send us your favorite paddling adventure picture. Yeah, just make sure, like I say, it has to include a picture of a stand-up paddleboard, a canoe, or a kayak, and preferably yours and a picture that you took. Yes, and uh, we'll ship off the maps to the winner, and uh, we can share the uh, top three as a uh, for wallpaper on the website. And we'll get Jeffrey of uh, Jeff's Maps to uh, help judge the photos. Exactly. Perfect. Looking forward to seeing everybody's uh, entries. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. 
Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio, whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. Nights are getting shorter and days longer. Around here, it hasn't felt like winter in a very long time. I know that I'm getting into the planning mode and checking out new gear. If you're in the same boat as me, here are some upcoming events to help you get ready for the paddling season. April 1st through 3rd, the New England Paddle Sports Show at the University of New Hampshire in Durham, New Hampshire. On April 2nd through 3rd, Montreal Outdoor Adventure and Travel Show. April 16th is the Kitchener-Waterloo Canoe Symposium at the Princess Twin Cinemas in Waterloo. Very few tickets left. On April 15th through 17th is the East Coast Paddle Sports and Outdoor Festival at the James Island County Park in Charleston, South Carolina. And finally, on April 22nd through 24th, the Outdoor Adventure Expo hosted by the Midwest Mountaineering in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Go to paddlingadventuresradio.com for links to these and other events. And if you have an event you would like us to share, simply drop us a line. You've been listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.